0: Beautiful, so welcome everyone back to the co- uh, podcast and today we have the beautiful Casey and um, I think this one's going to get really interesting, Casey, because we we share a lot of common values, it seems, you know, the in it approach, I like to call it, yeah, show up as you are, you know, my, my um, network is so used to me showing up in pyjamas, messy hair, no makeup, no dressing gown, all the things. So, um, I don't know whether you want to start, Casey, by just introducing who you are and how you got into what you do.
1: That is always the most difficult question, because I am a multi-dimensional, multi-passionate person, but I do love being in flow, so we'll just see what comes through and wants to be spoken into today. Thank you so much for having me and for bringing through this authenticity, because it is definitely what the world is missing and needs more of
0: i agree totally and my cat is messing with my uh video right now so we'll see where that goes (laughs) but yeah no definitely just start where you feel comfortable casey there you know just wherever you want to share wherever you want to channel from
1: this piece around um just showing up as you are and expressing yourself It is one of my favorite pieces. I love calling it just being in flow and embodying your soul energy, then expressing it to the world. And I have spent the last uh, really decade supporting people doing that, but in so many different ways, because my first foray into entrepreneurship before I started coaching and mentoring and doing digital classes was actually in my business called Dancing into Being, Movement Arts and Healing. And I taught people how to access their mastery through movement and their flow through circus arts
0: and oh, dance. wow!
1: So That's I was so a professional cool. hula hooper.
0: You are a professional what, hooper? Hula hooper. Hula hooper.
1: Yes. Oh, and wow. circus artist.
0: And you actually worked in the circus as well or no?
1: Um, I taught circus and flow arts, actually mostly at uh, schools, daycares, and then also, you know, at festivals and in classes, workshops and retreats for about seven years before I shifted my business more into purely the spiritual realm. But the um, all of the techniques that I use, I actually really learned when I was helping people unleash their authentic expression in movement. Wow
0: I love that I always joke that when my kids I've got two kids like I said and when they get to teenagers I was thinking about moving to the circus you know when they get to teenagers so maybe I'll call you up when uh, I need to start practicing my hula hooping to get into a circus <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's so epic uh, and I love dancing you know I always tell my clients just put some music on in the background. It's just so, it's such a beautiful thing, isn't it? Moving your body, get rid of all that Mm -hmm. stagnant energy.
1: Exactly. I think the golden triangle for moving energy, which is pretty much the foundation for being able to connect to your intuition, to any of the, the soul gifts that, you know, most people are wanting to access. It's first to clear out all that dense and stagnant energy and breath movement and sound. Which mm-hmm. you can, you know, access when you're dancing, you're getting all of those. So it's my fave.
0: I love that. How did you get into that to start with, may I ask?
1: Oh gosh. That's a- another great question. Like, where where does the story actually begin? When I was a kid, I thought hula <laughs> Hooping was so stupid because I tried it once. I failed because I didn't understand how to do it. And then I judged people really harshly who did it for fun or pleasure or whatever for the next uh, about 20 years. And I actually met the art form of hula hoop dancing. I'm sure you've seen, you know, people actually dancing with their hoops. Mm. Um, The same moment I met my husband at a music festival. Oh, wow didn't realize that until several years later, because it wasn't until my sister-in-law started doing it. And I was like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. Cause she wasn't just doing it around her waist. She was using her hands and doing cool tricks. And I was like, oh, I think I would like to do
0: that. <laughs> I love that. So did she teach you how to do it?
1: She taught me a few things, but really she got me a hula hoop. And I spent most of my time in my backyard trying to figure out if I could use the hula hoop above my head with my hands, I do it on my hips. Couldn't I figure that out? And I spent about two weeks learning how, and instead of asking anybody or watching a video, I just did it by trial and error. And then I started to understand that uh, people have classes and I started going to classes and learning uh, in that environment. And that really collapsed the time. And I just had such a fun experience with it because it gave me something to it was like dancing that I, I'd always loved, but also like a meditation where you can really pr- like delve into the rhythmic, repetitive practice of something. So I found it really um, soothing for my body, mind and soul. And then it also became a creative expression. And I started wanting to perform and teach actually within about a year and a half.
0: Oh, wow. That's really fast then.
1: Mm-hmm. But. There was an interesting other piece that, again, I didn't realize until later that all of these pieces connected. About two years before, I had broken my ankle, and it was a crazy spiritual catalyst for me. I realized what was just missing from my life at that time was not being able to move, not being able to dance. It was killing me because I was dancing all of the time for fun on the weekends at home. It was such a big part of my life. Mm -hmm. And I just had this thought. Maybe if this is so important to me, I should make this what I do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe this is what I'm supposed to do in the world. So maybe I should be a dance teacher. Although I had no idea how it was going to happen. I didn't hang on to the thought. It was just something that dropped in and then I released it. And then all of these different pieces came into play. The universe was like, all right, game on. This is the thing for you <laughs> and brought me all of these opportunities to move into it almost effortlessly
0: yeah surrender is such a big piece of this work right just i was mm. just having a conversation with a client actually before this and i was just saying you've really got to hold everything lightly <laughs> because otherwise you restrict yourself right if you would have told yourself it has to happen in this way then it probably wouldn't have happened so effortlessly but you just literally popped it out there and said i'm open and then the universe is like brilliant we've got all this creative room to help you now because you're open
1: absolutely and looking back it was the most perfect example of manifesting
0: Mm. and
1: I think what really I want to also highlight is that that thought didn't feel like it was coming from me or my ego or my human self it felt like it had been dropped in by my soul energy And so everything did effortlessly align because I wasn't trying to figure it out from that human perspective.
0: Yeah, and that's it, isn't it? The human thing. I always say to people, if I could cut off my head and still live, then I probably would. You know, I do love my hair and that kind of thing. But our mind is just so littered with stuff to keep us held back, right?
1: Can be. Fortunately, I have acquired a whole bunch of tools along the path over the last 10 years after I started with the movement piece on how to actually bring your mind in as a tool instead of the thing that's trying to control everything. And that's also been such a gift to be able to to do the work of being present with the soul energy and letting the mind just be Witness or this great tool to help you analyze or access the, the multi dimensional realms and not take you out of what you're supposed to be doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, because that can happen quite a lot. Um, we do something similar as well. We have like somatic processes where we teach people how to use their heart and their body rather than their mind. Because I think a lot of time your mind wants to run the show, right?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, my journey first was with the body and the somatic piece and moving through things. But even when I was teaching uh, dance and I moved into teaching more gymnastics and other things as well, um, I realized that it really was the mind that was the limiting factor most of the time because the body can be trained Mm -hmm. and it was our fears and our beliefs that were keeping people from being able to actually practice enough to do what they wanted to do
0: yeah definitely definitely so you're in the middle of like launching a new program I believe which sounds really fascinating do you want to talk a little bit about that you've got a beta program haven't you that you're pulling together
1: and it's really the culmination
0: of every
1: like lesson that I've learned on my journey to bring me to a state where I feel like accessing my light, my multidimensional and sharing my soul gifts is pretty effortless for me right now. And I get to do this for a living and I have for, you know, almost a decade. Um, and I have been a facilitator of movement and magic and a coach and a healer for a very long time. And I wanted to just train people how to be coaches and healers and facilitators, do retreats, do all of that stuff and build the business. And it's Okay. In my business, we were having a lot of fun. I realized I was missing a key element, which was actually the the preparatory phase to get people ready to Mm. do the energy healing and the soul work and the facilitation and the coaching and sharing their light with the world. So putting everything that I know to help prepare the pathway for your light to be expressed and what I'm calling the light work Rep school, mm. basically a clearing and purification experience. That's so much fun because we do it with meditation and movement and breath and belief repatterning and practices that are somatic and experiential. Um, also, I add in a whole bunch of sparkly magical activations and meditations for just releasing your soul gifts.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that and yeah it's so true and I think um, when you have been in this like industry if you like for quite a while you do pick up a lot of experience don't you and a lot of tools and I love how you're using your actual lived and breathed and probably you know learnt experience to actually share that with other people I think that's rare nowadays I think a lot of people are Um, sharing a lot of cookie cutter type approaches. And I love the way that you're raw and authentic and true to what you've been through. I think that's very, very beautiful.
1: I appreciate that because it's something that I think I maybe forget sometimes to bring through is that I have actually worked through all of these things myself because it was a while ago. I started on this path, this journey, like, I don't know, when I was a kid, when I was 16, so sometimes I forget that I wasn't always this version of me who feels confident showing up and speaking about the multidimensional magic and the talking to aliens and the light language. I used to be a secret mystic. I (laughs) used to hide all of it.
0: I think so many people will relate to that as well, Casey, because a lot of people are closeted, aren't they?
1: Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that I was. Because I was an open book to anyone that would ask me the right questions or if they felt, you know, safe, then I would share everything. So I was actually in denial that I was, like, really not sharing my whole expression Mm. because it was really compartmentalised. I'm sure you can relate or other people can relate to that too.
0: Oh, definitely. I I mean, I think that is one of the biggest... um barriers I think to a lot of people especially I don't know if you have clients that come in to work with you and they say oh you know I really want to do this but I'm worried what my friends and my family will think if I post on social media about it is there any way of hiding and I'm always like respectful and I'm always like okay well what you can do is do this you know and do like an actual 3d fix but you know at some stage you're going to have to work through these layers because you need to work Show up as yourself in every single situation, in every single relationship. Otherwise, you're not a true, authentic version of yourself. You're just wearing masks. What's the point in that?
1: I definitely, definitely was there for a long time, and I think we're always going to have a slightly different authentic expression with different people naturally. You know, I'm going to speak about different things with my dad or my grandpa than I am going to with some of my, you know, like mystical, spiritual, entrepreneurial friends. Mm -hmm. But I actually really held myself back until my grandparents passed away because I didn't well my grandpa specifically I respected him so much I loved him so much but he was an atheist and I didn't want him to think I had just gone off the deep end
0: yeah how funny is that it's so funny isn't it that we kind of like hold ourselves back for other people and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that so my team want to go into like the multi-dimensional aspects because you know we we love all that kind of stuff that's what we're about here at the Cosmic Surgery so how did you start connecting with um how do you view it do you view it as these beings are separate to you or do you see them as one of you or how do you view that and when did you start communicating with them
1: um I think that's a both and question it depends on what level you're looking at it from. I think ultimately everything, if you go up high enough, is a fractal of the same source energy,
0: mm-hmm. but we
1: can be more remotely related or distance from those fractals. So you can be connecting with aspects of you, past, present, future, aspects of self, parallel perhaps, or it could be somebody that that feels quite different than you the top of it it's all you know there's one of us here really but I I don't really remember existing without that connection Mm -hmm. when I was about eight years old I had my first uh, mystical experience that I can recall and it was an all-encompassing engulfment in this beautiful white light you know the classic feels like love it was like a warm hug and I heard this voice that said you are going to be a spiritual teacher
0: wow eight eight years old yeah that's so beautiful
1: but was not very comfortable at the time I already had enough ego to go whoa 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 no 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 no, I think you got the wrong kid Wow, I it didn't feel safe to me to claim that Mm. um but this voice, which I just, I dubbed the voice of creation because it just felt like the all that is was speaking to me. It was like lovingly, but kind of chuckling like, no, when you're an adult, this is what's going to happen. And then I was shown all of these visions of speaking on stages and connecting with a global audience. And again, that scared the crap out of me because I mean, I'm 41. So this was back in the eighties or nineties. And mm-hmm global meant you were real famous. That seemed like a really big deal that the internet would make it so easy for us to connect (laughs) internationally. So I really just like shoved that down and didn't tell a single soul about it until I started stepping into my spiritual gifts. But I always really had a deep connection to spirit. I was always claircognizant and I just felt like I knew more than the people around me and I rarely spoke about it because I didn't want to seem like a weirdo
0: Mm, it's funny isn't it I mean I don't know I don't know how you've brought up your eight-year-old did you say you've got a seven she's seven Seven. yeah Yeah. I've got an eight-year-old and a six-year-old and we speak about dreams as if they're normal you know we speak about energy we speak about boundaries and it we I'm the same age as you I'm 41 and and we weren't brought up like that we were brought up very much like if you did speak about this stuff you'd probably be grounded no one would believe you you know you would be a weirdo you'd be outcasted you know and like you I was very aware of it but yeah just just put myself in my own little world most of the time (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. I remember very clearly having this thought often of, I just have to wait until I grow up and then everything's going to be okay.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. And my mom was pretty open because uh, she was from Ireland, from Belfast. And there is more of a mystical sort of essence in Ireland. So we could talk about ghosts and about God and about spirits, but not so much the like multidimensional alien kind of mm. route. So at least you know if I saw a ghost, I or or you know uh, her mom after she passed, I could speak about that kind of thing. But there was kind of a line, you know, that was like this is within the realm of what would be okay to speak to her, and some of the other stuff would just be too much.
0: Yeah, I understand. When you started speaking about uh, island, there actually I picked up on like a slight twang in your voice of Irish like only a very very slight triangle is there like, oh yeah there it is <laughs> it's pretty <funny>, isn't it
1: <laughs> from so, my um, mom
0: yeah your mom yeah I thought it was your, yeah. is your mom this side of life or
1: she's still here
0: Yes. But I
1: did learn to speak from her.
0: But I did spend uh,
1: several months living in Ireland and, and visiting and everything. So I did get the accent when I was living there But you know, disappeared when I came back to Canada.
0: Yeah, you definitely got like a tiny, tiny little twang when you started speaking about Ireland. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's interesting. There she is. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I love that your mom was open to a sad extent now because... I think it's so important to our children are like the future generation. And, you know, I've been guiding mine since they were two years old, ever since they took an interest in what I did. We just started speaking about it like it was normal. And I think I could see like they are just way, way, way more gifted um than, than I was allowed to be at that age, you know, and so much more open and, and accepting and just, The most beautiful beings. I know we're all a bit biased about our children, aren't we? But (laughs) and we're probably the harshest critics as well sometimes. My team are reminded me. I'm like, yeah, we do it all as moms.
1: (laughs) Right. But I love how this generation and many of them have chosen to be in families where they can you know, really have these experiences more candidly. And I love teaching my daughter how to close portals and speak with Gaia and (laughs) do light language and all of that. Or not even teach, but like remind her how.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that. Remind her how. I always talk about that because I, I always say even to my clients, you know, I'm not a guru. I'm just here to activate and remind and be a side mirror. I'm not here to teach you stuff you've already mastered all what you need to know it's it's fascinating when people don't remember but um yeah so um going back to the multi-dimensional aspects of self like what would you who would you say were your main guides or who you're communicating with like uh what type of guides are you communicating with
1: so I did have some guides that I worked with closely when I was stepping into multidimensional work Mm -hmm. and they uh, no longer work as closely with me because I started working really specifically with source energy. Mm -hmm. But I did have an experience after angel numbers started coming to me in my early 20s before I knew what they were. And they were everywhere and they had this jolt of energy. I'm like, this means something. I don't know what it is. So I started just deciding to be grateful every time I saw one. And that meant what was going on gratitude rampages and everything was just really flowing nicely. And one morning I woke up, I was living alone and I went to brush my teeth in my bathroom and my toothbrush was missing. I looked Everywhere that it might have fallen onto the floor. And I looked in the cupboard. And then I looked up in my shower. And the instant we saw it in my shower, where I never would have placed it, because I think people that brush their teeth in the shower were a whole different kind of person that I could never <laughs> be because just like that's so weird. No offense. I just it could not be me. I don't know why. It's just a program I'm running. This my guys talked to me instantly. They said we needed to get your attention you have been grateful for everyone and everything under the sun except for us and i was like oh
0: sorry hi oh i love that yeah and people think that um beings don't appreciate gratitude but they do don't they like my team absolutely love it when people congratulate me i say, guys you don't need to do this for me but my team will absolutely love all this. So keep it coming because they want to hear it.
1: <laughs> they share so much of it back to us is the thing. So now when I'm working with my clients or any time really, I actually call in what I call the luminous team. Like, everybody, just come and create these rings of support around me. And it'll be everyone from luminous ancestors to guides and council members to star nations, brothers and sisters, past, present, future aspects of self, uh, gods, goddesses, angels, beings named and unnamed, known and unknown. Like, let's call in whoever is here. And the first thing that they always want to do anytime it brings someone into that space is celebrate them and give them gratitude and it's like a freaking party
0: oh I love that so beautiful yeah you're so right I think a lot of people can get kind of like bogged down with naming certain light beings or knowing who's guiding them but I do the same you know I just like all light beings are welcome all the other beings aren't but all light (laughs) beings are welcome so I love how you do that as well
1: Yeah. It's fun. And like different beings will come forward and do all kinds of work with us whenever we're in sessions. And um, it's always perfect, but it's never respected. Mm. Right. That's my favorite part is the things that come forward. It's like, I couldn't make this up if I tried. I don't have an imagination that creative.
0: Yeah. I know, but what a gift to have, right? Just to be so open that you allow Source to work through you. And that's like the sweet spot, right? You just trust so much because you've been doing it for so long that you just allow.
1: Yeah. And I have worked through clearing all of the things that were in the way of that the fear the fear of saying the weird thing I'm sure you've been in sessions where you're like I'm just gonna say this out loud and it's not gonna make any sense and I'm just gonna have to say it and then somebody would be like oh yes like when I was with the client I was like I don't know why I'm getting slug energy but there's a slug here and her grandma was also here and she's like My grandma used to talk about slugs all the time I'm like okay okay, <laughs> good that made sense right <laughs> terrifying when you first start to share your gift and you have no evidence if it's going to make sense eventually you get to the point where you're like okay I can enough evidence that doesn't even bother me if somebody's like oh no I don't see that I don't feel that I'm like we're getting different information but working through the fears of other people thinking you're crazy or worse you know it just it's a lot and that's why I wanted to bring forward this course where I put all of the clearing tools and techniques to help people move through the fear the trauma and all of those pieces around uh, our collective and ancestral and childhood and akashic experiences that have really traumatized us
0: mm, yeah definitely I love that and yeah, they show me this beautiful vision of like almost like a convey about where you're like shining this beautiful white light on these people so they're ready for the next stage <laughs> I love that that's what you're yeah I love that and then they go and into this like beautiful um almost like circle of light I showed me like you've, you've prepared them so well that then they're going just into this almost like moon energy because <laughs> you've pulled them along on this conveyor belt so that's beautiful I love mm-hmm. that so um what would you what advice would you give to people who are maybe like stuck in their fear like they think they have gifts, they really want to share it, but what would be your advice to kind of get going?
1: First off is you have to forgive yourself for thinking that you shouldn't be scared or that you should just get over it. Like that fear is real because of where we have been and all of our experiences. So we got to honour it first and let ourselves feel the feeling. Mm. then, we get to do the clearing work. And sometimes you have to track what it's from. And sometimes you can move it without needing to know. And I love to really make sure people are working on all levels and layers your body, as well as your heart, as well as your mind, as well as the soul. And it, things, the body, I think, is the one that really can get left behind. And now, nervous system regulation is getting sexy, which I love. Mm-hmm. But You can't access, your higher gifts, you have to start there. The nervous system is actually what translates multidimensional light, right? It's how it flows through our body. When we need a relaxed and open nervous system to be able to reach the soul, to reach the soul gifts, to actually be able to translate any of this stuff accurately. So I like to ask people to just start there and notice they feel safe in their body, right? If not, they're going to put these shields up, Mm -hmm. their energetic shields, we're going to make them process literally everything through the lens of mistrust and not feeling safe. So that includes not being able to trust your own intuition, or your own gut responses, or feel safe enough to share. So we have to do whatever work is necessary. And it might be somatic, it might be on the beliefs, it might be on healing trauma, to be able to feel safe enough to drop shields and be able to come into a place where we're in that rest and digest state and then we can actually access presence Mm. right and go in through the heart and be in that field where you can even meditate effectively because you need to be able to do that to be able to you know do any of these other higher level things that we're speaking of. so i think that's really the the first place to be looking
0: how regulated is the system that's beautiful. I, I I agree with you. Like the, the level of trust that you have to have in your body is 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 really quite immense. And it does take quite a lot of work, doesn't it? I think there are always new layers as well to explore. I mean, I don't believe that anybody has got to the stage where they are like fully healed and they've got no layers and they've got no fears it's just that i feel that you get more adept to dealing with what comes up right so is that what you feel as well <laughs>
1: i'm to say that nobody ever has you know or could reach a place like that because i do know a few masters who i'm like ah they currently deal with with anything but they're they're a whole nother level For most of us, I think we have to remember that even if you do all of the stuff from the past, life is going to continue to traumatize you and stuff is always going to come up. So we need to work on both what's happening in the moment and be able to move that and also the past levels and layers. Um, So we're also going to access, every time there's more light coming to the planet, more depth so we can go deeper than we ever have before and reach stuff. So it's almost to me, like you could clear out Everything that you can access right now, but then we're going to go deeper and then there'll be a whole nother thing. Or when you're expanding into the next level, new level, new level, where Uh we're reaching the edges of our comfort zone and needing to grow into the learning zone. But the best part ever for me is when my clients that have been working with me for a while say, I'm not getting stuck in my shit anymore. (laughs) <laughs> I have tools now. So if I'm feeling it, I know how to feel it and then I know how to move it. And I'm not like ruminating anymore. I'm not spinning in my shit. It's like instead of having a bad week, let him have a bad day or an hour even. And then it's gone. And I'm like, that is that is where we want to be. Because it's mm-hmm. not like nothing's ever gonna come on. It's just that you have the tools to move through it more quickly.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it's like I don't know about you, but it's like the best feeling, isn't it? Collecting the stories of people. That's like my ultimate thing that lights me up is the stories of transformation. It's just the most beautiful thing to witness. So it's it we're very blessed, aren't we, really? Like <laughs>
1: can't even believe that this gets to be my life sometimes like I thought teaching people how to hoop and like be free in their body was amazing but this is next level like I can still do that we pull that in but to help people be so free and liberated in their soul energy that they feel like they just get to be here and do their work and play and have some freaking fun with it and light up the world can't think of anything better honestly
0: yeah I agree so beautiful Oh, I love having you here. Thank you for being here with us. And I just love how your work is just creating such a beautiful impact in this world, you know, so just a massive thank you. Because sometimes I think when you work for yourself, you don't hear it enough about yourself. do you? So I want to just say thank you for your service here, like a massive, genuine heartfelt thanks for everything you're doing for humanity for your dedication to this this job and this um this pull to create this beautiful space for humanity it's just it's so beautiful to witness and to meet other beings on the same path as you so thank Mm -hmm. you so much
1: hmm same to you I appreciate how you're opening up this platform for authentic co-creative conversations that just get to go and flow where they're meant to go because so much gets to come through in that space so you create such a safe space for people to share and express authentically which is absolutely beautiful
0: oh thank you Casey that's so beautiful Right then, is there anything else you want to share with our guests before we hit the pause button, and then we'll have a little chat afterwards? Um, I know you also do masterminds as well, don't you? Do you want to? My team said she might want to say something about those. <laughs> you know,
1: I I don't have anything as a mastermind that's open to the public right now. I'm mm. I am most excited about being able to share my energy, healing, clearing, and activation modality next. Mm. And that's what I wanted to just share with the world when I finally learned that, well, it was more of a download when I created enough space in my life. I actually had to let everything go last year in my business. I didn't launch anything new. Spirit said, just sit, just be still. And I was like, why? And they're like, just trust. I'm like, this is scary because I'm not making <laughs> to They're like, no, just sit, just be still, trust. And in that spaciousness, I had the fact that I could teach the energy work that I do in a group container and I had to do it soon because I had thought oh maybe in 10 years I'll I'll share this modality with people I thought it was a far away vision kind of thing Mm. and over this last nine months I've been like okay how am I going to teach it I'm I'm really excited to just start teaching it because I teach people how to work in sacred space how to do the clearing work how to do the soul gifts work with the team and I was like okay I'm going to call in the people that are ready and just right in but that wasn't going to work. That wasn't going to work because then I don't know if they'd be missing gaps or if they would truly be ready. They might think that they had the ability to work with this high octane light. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be dangerous to your nervous system, to your body and to your clients. If you're not actually a clear enough channel to hold that much light, you can kind of fry your system and burn out a little bit. So I learned that before I could teach people this modality, I needed that prep course, right? So I needed to actually, instead of going into the mastermind and the fun stuff where I want to play with the people that are already there, Mm. I needed to go to the beginning and start there and actually guide people through all the clearings and the activations that they would do for clients so that then they could learn how to teach and and do the modality themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Sometimes we have to take that step back to then take the massive quantum leap forward <laughs> and it does get to be a bit frustrating sometimes doesn't it especially when you're like I'm ready now oh my god my cat's messed up my video again um <laughs> I'm ready yeah, now yeah. I want to go so funny. I know I was like
1: I'm ready I know how to do it I just need to call on the people and I also love masterminding it's my favorite spot to be I've had so many incredible masterminds and they're like no not right now you have to get the pathway clear first like start at the beginning at the first step and then take people all the way through and i was like fine fine i'll do it but i don't want to but now i'm actually really jazzed about creating an offer suite really that starts at the beginning and brings people all the way through in cuz i had all of the pieces but they were scattered in like little courses like activate your light language or, um, you know, activate your intuition by learning to read my Oracle cards. They were in all these little pieces.
0: So Mm. I'm putting
1: it all together and that feels really good.
0: Yeah. Beautiful in all one place as well. It makes it super simple for you as well, doesn't it? In a way, because you're just directing people to one thing rather than talking about all the things. And uh, I don't know if you're on the neuro neurodivergent spectrum, but I definitely am. So oftentimes, making things simpler and more streamlined is sometimes a part of the challenge, right? It's like, but I want to do all the fecking things. And they're like, no, just one thing. (laughs) You're like, okay, all right. That's going to be a struggle, but we'll do it.
1: (laughs) It's it's a gift when I think about it in the right way. And also I'd not, Beating myself up that I've had all of these little things all of the places because it was actually just a training ground for me to test things out and see if I could support people using my energy healing modality to do all the things, activate their intuition, clear their voice. It, you know, just it was the perfect first steps. And now I'm ready to actually bring it all together and make it make sense.
0: Yeah. You've just, you've just been designing the jigsaw, haven't you? And now you're ready to create the masterpiece.
1: Yes so that is what I would love for people to take away from this is you don't have to have it all figured out perfectly before you begin the pieces are going to come through and they're not going to make sense until you're further down the path and then this all fits together
0: yeah and then there'll be other pieces as well (laughs) and it keeps getting bigger
1: (laughs) no idea how my hula hooping and dance was going to factor into my business until I got, you know, a year, my, my new business, luminous evolution with the coaching and the healing and the light work until I was in it. And I'm like, Oh, everything I learned there actually transfers here. Mm. So whenever I don't think wasting time, even if it seems like a side quest, we're picking up the keys and the codes that we need to really see the whole picture.
0: Yeah, I agree. And we hate yeah. to have fun as well, aren't we? You know, I always have to explain to people, look, if it's not fun, why are you doing this?
1: They <laughs> had a fridge magnet that said, if it's not fun, you're doing it wrong. And I'm yeah. like, well, that's a little negative. I get it, though. But
0: I like—I just say
1: now, like, if it, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.
0: Yeah, I like that. Yeah, exactly. It's all about the fun. And the lessons, you know, we're not immune from the lessons or the challenges at all.
1: (laughs) No, but I don't know about you. When I connect with spirit, though, they are always saying, could you maybe be a little less serious about this and actually have some fun with it? Like spirits usually not not wanting to sit in the shit, right? They're like, "Okay, let's honor and acknowledge it. But then let's play.
0: Yeah, yeah. We brought it to you so you could learn the lesson. Like, isn't that fun? Be grateful for the lessons.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And if you can do that, if you can live in a state of gratitude for the lessons and gratitude for everything else, it's actually one of the fastest tools to shifting your frequency and opening up your multidimensional gifts. That's when I started doing that gratitude practice often from the angel numbers. It was the catalyst for really like skyrocketing my ability to connect with the multidimensional realm it turned on my clairvoyance and my clairaudience at much higher degrees than it was and it stopped being intermittent and it started to be something that was consistent so I think gratitude is the most underrated tool for all of this multidimensional work
0: yeah I agree and being grateful for it all as well is really important I think a lot of humans are like I'm grateful for the good stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, how, how do you define good or bad? That's just your perception. You have to be grateful for it all because it's all experience. It's all, it all makes us who we are.
1: Yeah. And the lessons are what bring us the knowledge and wisdom. We need to do the things that we want to do. Like we can't have it without experiencing some challenges. People want to grow without the, the challenge and the stress But that's not how growth on earth works, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Think about a kid that has never had to do anything for themselves in their life. They wind up being kind of useless and spoiled and expecting everything to be handed to them. Like we Mm. need the challenges and we need to fail and fall on our face and learn the resilience of getting back up again. So if we can learn to have some gratitude for those failures and the mistakes along the way and see and appreciate them for what they are which is really the catalyst for our own evolution then oh everything gets so much easier
0: Yeah, i agree oh thank you so much for being here with us casey it's been beautiful having you
1: thank you so much i've loved this conversation
0: Oh, oh um where can people find you if they want to find you? Obviously like in the podcast we'll put links and whatnot but what's the best place if people want to stalk you out and find out more about you?
1: Um almost everything on socials is under the Luminous Evolution Instagram, TikTok, my Luminous Evolution Facebook group and I have uh, my website is currently joyevolution.com.
0: Okay, beautiful. Well, we'll put all the links in the um, podcast as well so people can find you. So I'm just going to stop recording. So thank you for listening, everybody. Then we will have a little chat.